In this short cast, Professor Ranganath discusses his work, Increased Prevalence of Parkinson's Disease in Alcaptonuria, published in May 2023. This publication happened purely by chance. The Aki Society was founded by a patient called Robert Gregory in 2003. And of course, he had Parkinson's disease at the time. So I was aware that there was Parkinson's disease in NKU even then, but I just thought it just coincidence, a more common disease occurring in the context of ultra-rare disease like AKU. I was also aware that there were published literature on Parkinson's disease and AKU even then. Once we started collecting patients in the National Alcaptain Centre in Liverpool, because the Liverpool Centre started in 2012, we've had a chance to look at more people with Alcaptain in a single centre. And we found that out of 88 patients in the paper when we described it, we found four patients with Parkinson's disease, including the founder of the AK Society. And of course, that set alarm bells ringing. It's only within the last two years I found these extra patients who had the Parkinson's disease in the NAC. Because even when we had two, I was still unsure whether just a coincidence or whether it's a genuine link. So that is where the interest started. And of course, when we had these four patients with Parkinson's disease, Parkinson's disease occurs at frequency one in 500. That means we should have had in the 88 patients one patient at maximum purely on a coincidence basis, so 19, 20 times more common in our AKU cohort. So this set us thinking, and of course, I then became aware there was an involuntary metabolism physician in Nijmegen in Netherlands who contacted me about her AKU patient and Parkinson's disease. So I was then aware of five patients. And then looking at the literature in terms of how many patients there were described with this connection, we found a further five more. So we've had 10 patients overall with Parkinson's disease. And the point about bringing in the other cases is they were all before nitisinol, whereas these five cases, the recent ones, are all in the nitisinol era, if you will. So that means Parkinson's disease occurs before nitisinol. And in the era of nitisinol, in the five patients that I've just described, one patient actually became much worse on nitisinone, so never went on nitisinone as a result. In the Netherlands case, they couldn't manage the Parkinson's disease, and they went for deep brain stimulation, and the patient is doing better on that. With regard to the four ADAC patients, two of them had Parkinson's disease before going on nitisinone. So that means it's homogenic acid itself, that's the culprit molecule, and two patients develop Parkinson's after going on nitisinone. So that means it could be the lifelong exposure to homogenic acid plus the nitisinone effect, which we think is probably that high tyrosine causing the problem. So when we looked at it like that, it's clear for me that there's a homogenic acid connection. Homogenic acid is an oxidizing agent, and therefore oxidative stress is a known cause of Parkinson's disease. So all of that I think is quite credible, if not a problem. The connection between the nitisinone treatment and Parkinson's disease is interesting because not long ago, people were convinced that the high tyrosine would be good for Parkinson's disease. They thought the spillover of the tyrosine into the dopamine pathway could actually increase dopamine formation and therefore be good for Parkinson's disease patients. 
in fact, it was trialed and found to be not beneficial, and therefore it was abolished. And one can see why, because we know from our own data in mice causing nitrosamine-induced tyrosinemia that the high tyrosine actually does not lead to increase in dopamine in the brain. And there is data suggesting that the tyrosine in the brain inhibits tyrosine hydroxylase when the levels go up. So therefore, if you inhibit tyrosine hydroxylase in the brain, you can't make dopamine or catecholamines, and therefore you have a problem. So we think that's the mechanism by which this unmasking of Parkinson's disease during nitrosamine treatment on the background of homogenic acid exposure lifelong. And that's quite important because we know there are children with hydroxylamine type 1 who are on nitrosamine and it's life-saving for them. Yet we haven't seen a single case so far of the tyrosinemia causing Parkinson's in that age group. So what the long term will hold for that, we have no idea. But it is interesting. And therefore, that raises the issue that homogenic acid plus the tyrosine might be more important rather just in isolation. In terms of nitrosinone treatment and Parkinson's, should we stop treating AKU patients with nitrosinone if they've got Parkinson's? The answer is no. Uh, I think you should still try nitrosinone uh, plus the treatment for Parkinson's, for example, the L-dopetrop is well established, and that bypasses this inhibition effect from the tyrosinemia of uh, nitrosinone, and it should still work. So I think L-dopetherapy should still work. In end-stage Parkinson's disease, of course, when you've got no substantial nigro cells or too few of them left, it won't work. And then you have to try something like deep brain stimulation, which is what we think happened in the nitrogen patient. So nitrosinone therapy is still useful in patients with Parkinson's disease unless you find through trial and error that patients are better off with that. One of the challenges, I think, for the field is if you have a case of Parkinson's disease and AKU, you are likely to dismiss this as being a coincidence. So we would like somehow to collect that information from physicians around the world who have AKU cases, who have Parkinson's as well at the same time, so that we can get a true idea of what the frequency of this connection really is. So that basically is the message we want to bring out by publishing this paper and highlighting this connection. If you found this talk interesting, please read the paper. And if you've got any questions, I'm very happy to respond to it by email as well. Thank you. 